Hi everyone, I'm Gary Nall. Hope you're ready for an empowering hour. We have a lot to share, a lot of new information, new insights, and time at the end of the program for you to call in and share your points of view. Our first study comes from University Pescara in Italy, and it's about a very important antioxidant called pine bark extract. It's also called pycnogenol. And what it does, it improves your blood vessel health, it helps psoriasis, and even helps heal hemorrhoids. So all that's good. So it's one of the most powerful natural substances for increasing blood flow and clearing arterial plaque. When you clear arterial plaque, you're less likely to have a piece of that plaque break off and clog a artery or cause a heart attack or stroke. It improves the blood vessel health and comes from a ubiquitous evergreen tree native to Europe. Three separate studies on pine bark extract taken from the bark of the French maritime pine tree show that it's extremely beneficial. Now it's sold under the name Pycnogenol, P-Y-C-N-O-G-E-N-O-L. And uh, it would have to be in my top 10 major healing nutrients. But if you have psoriasis, if you have hemorrhoids, it also helps as well. And it's about 150 milligrams. That's not a lot. And if you take that twice a day, it's really good for you. All right? So, and this, these were controlled experiments, so they're high-quality experiments. Our next study comes from a university in Nigeria, and it's about lime juice. And lime juice helps with sickle cell patients. And we have to understand that if you have sickle cell anemia, you can pay more than $125,000 factoring hospitalizations, interventions, tests, and different medications. Yet a recent Nigerian study found regular lime juice worked as well as leading therapies in reducing crisis, hospital stays, infections, and anemia in children with sickle cell anemia. And they worked on a, in this randomized study in 113 Nigerian children with sickle cell anemia. And they were giving folic acid, the B-complex, an anti-malarial uh, drug, along with routine medications. But they were also given, one group was given lime juice. And this was done on a daily basis for six months. And uh, they were given lime juice twice a day. And the lime juice, wow, the children who took the lime juice experienced far fewer crisis overall, up to 93% less crisis and almost 35% less hospitalization. And also the lime juice patients also maintained higher average levels of hemocrit and indicating less severe anemia. And there were no significant side effects. That's just good news. And that's what we like. Good news. Our next study, and by the way, all these studies come to the National Library of Medicine and from PubMed, so they're high quality. This study comes from University College London. And it's simple. And they didn't need a study for this, but I'm glad they did. Stressing over money literally makes you sick. People who have Money issues are more likely to suffer serious health consequences. And a new study conducted by researchers at University College London 
has established a connection between stressful life events and a decline in biological health, according to biomarkers. Researchers focused on the interplay between the immune system, the nervous system, and the endocrine system, which are essential for maintaining good health. And disruptions in the communications between these systems can lead to various mental and physical illnesses, heart disease, depression, even schizophrenia. They looked at over 4,900 participants, all over the age of 50. And these biomarkers included two proteins related to inflammation. You've heard me mention both of them, C-reactive protein and fibrinogen, and two hormones involved in stress, cortisol and IGF-1. So when you start getting stressed, and by the way, it can be stress from bereavement of a dead loved one, or divorce, or being fired, and uh, you don't know how you're going to take care of yourself, you don't know how you're going to take care of your family, that's when all this starts. And it can lead to you literally worrying yourself to death. Now we all face stress. It's how we face the stress. And allowing the stress to control us, or we deciding, I can't always change everything, I can't control everything, but I can certainly control how I'm going to respond to it. Look, being an environmentalist, being an investigative journalist, breaking some of the most important stories uh, in the health field, and uh, being a person who is a small business person, you have a lot of stress. I have a lot of stress. But I've determined that I'm not going to allow anything in my life to be more important than my life than my health and well-being. And this is how I've lived. From having nothing, being dirt poor, uh, I've realized I'm not going to measure quality in my life but what I don't have, but rather focus upon the joy and happiness I can gain from whatever I have. If I have no friends, I'll try to learn the lesson of what it means to have no friends and how to make new friends. If I have friends, I'll rejoice in the fact I have one friend or two. So my mother taught me some good lessons, and one of them was, always be happy with what you have, and don't covet what other people have, as if somehow they have more than you, you should be feeling bad, because you're not as gifted as them. No. So you see, we're all facing crisis all the time. How we face the crisis is a direct measurement of our overall health. And in countries that I've traveled to around the world, whether it's the French Alps or the, uh, the farmers in France, the vineyards, how they face life will determine how long they're going to live and the quality of that life here up to the end. And by the way, I have new information on how we can live a longer life because the results of my latest uh, clinical study are in. And they're very positive. And other people, outside people, at a major American university and a foundation on anti-aging are the ones who did all the tabulations to keep it completely objective. I'm only getting the results. I'll share those results with you in the next week or two. And also, from the American Heart Association, more than half of U.S. adults don't know heart disease is the leading cause of death. hold on, hasn't this been going on for a hundred years? Yes. But more than half of Americans 
do not know that heart disease is the leading cause of death in the country, according to a Harris poll conducted on behalf of the American Heart Association. Yet we know that heart disease is the number one killer for more than a century. And that's in the latest 2024 heart disease and stroke statistics, a report of U.S. and global data from the American Heart Association. Wow. If you don't know there's something that causes heart disease, then you put yourself at risk of all forms of cardiovascular disease, including coronary heart disease, heart failure, stroke, uh, and more notably high blood pressure. We have over 60 million Americans who have chronic stable high blood pressure, meaning they're on medication, but you can get down that. You can get off those medications if you follow a proper, guided, professionally monitored protocol. I find it very easy because I work with people who are not afraid to give things up and make positive change. By the way, I'll let you know how bad it is on average Someone dies of cardiovascular disease every 34 seconds. There are about 1,905 deaths from heart disease each 24 hours in the United States. Approximately every 40 seconds, someone has a heart attack. Each year in the United States, there are about 605,000 new heart attacks and 200,000 reoccurrent attacks. Of these, it's estimated that about 170,000 are silent without significant symptoms. And most of those are when people are yelling and screaming and stressed, rageful. The average age of the first heart attack is 65. And, uh, and that's unfortunate. There are about 446 Americans who die every day from strokes. On average, someone dies of a stroke every three minutes and 14 seconds in the United States. 795,000 people experience a new recurrent stroke. And that's not good. So what can you do about this? Well, several things. You can start getting rid of the animal proteins in your diet, the arachidonic acid, the trans fats, the french fries, the hamburgers, the hot dogs. Everything is brown and baked. Does that increase chrylamides? That affects the heart. You can start having lots of fresh-made juices, orange juice, grapefruit juice, apple juice. You can have lemon juice in your water in the morning with some vitamin C. Ideally, green apple and lemon together. Phenomenal benefit to the body. You can start taking care to not overeat, to modify your diet so you don't need anything after dinner till breakfast the next day. It should be at 12 hours minimal, 15 ideal. You should take two days a week and fast, have everything liquid. You should take nutrients that really make a difference. Coenzyme Q10 twice a day. L-carnitine twice a day, 500 milligrams. You should have vitamin C and quercetin, vitamin E and tocotrienols, magnesium and calcium every day. Vitamin E in particular can help prevent heart attack. You can take pomegranates or pomegranate juice. You can take celery seed, garlic, uh, and also onion, raw onion. All of these thin the blood and help clean up the arteries. You can take uh, beets, 
they're very good for you as well. So if you just did that, plus you walked for four miles a day, and you did some mindful meditation, you've reduced your risk of chronic heart disease or coronary artery disease by probably about 50% or more, just doing that alone. Then if you de-stress yourself, you're doing an awful lot of good for your heart and the rhythms, electrical rhythms, to your heart. So, And one last study from Johns Hopkins University, investigators report they have new evidence that a bacterium known to cause chronic inflammatory gum infection also triggers the inflammatory autoimmune response characteristic of chronic joint-destroying rheumatoid arthritis. That's very important you know this because it can help prevent and treat rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, one more reason why you should have healthy bacteria that you recolonize every day, probiotics, prebiotics. If you take that in, you're displacing the alcohol, sugar, refined carbohydrate, and animal protein, bad bacteria that normally colonize. Because what colonizes in the gut can also colonize them. And that colonizes in the joints as well. So clean up your gut, you clean up the mouth, you clean up your joints. Simple. That's the latest on health and healing. And don't forget, go to GaryAndAll.com and see how you can sign up for my newsletter. So every day at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., you get the newsletter. You get all the best health information, all positive, all ways of allowing us to live a longer and healthier life. And it comes right to you. All right? It's either free for one day a week or a tiny little fee for five days a week, plus all these other opportunities you get with it. GaryNall.com. Back in a moment. Please stay with us. And welcome back, everyone. I'm Gary Nall. What we're going to see now is a rather in-depth expose, a story you have not heard and video you have not seen. But it's not someone on this side in El Paso or one of the border towns uh, talking about what it means to see just streams of people coming in from all over the world into the United States, unchecked, getting on an airplane where they don't even have to show ID, but you and I do. Where are they coming? What is their motive? Why are they here? How can we help them? How are we hurting them? All reasonable people support legal immigration. It has made us the wonderful cultural melting pot of the world. There's no other place on the planet that is as homogeneous as we've been and are. But now there's a crisis for political reasons only, pure, hard-boiled ideology. They want as many people in the United States as possible. Why? Why? They see what is happening to crime. They see what is happening with 80,000 young girls gone missing in the government's own uh, system because the people they were giving them to turned out not to be real people, not uncles, not family members, but rather sex slaves. And then suddenly they disappear with all these girls. And these are hearings. And people are trying to block those hearings. And thank goodness we have some legislators who are asking Homeland Security and other departments, where are these 80,000 missing girls? How did they end up missing? Then we have whistleblowers that you've heard on this program tell you the truth. Well, the reason that all this is happening, the ghettoization of great American cities, wonderful neighborhoods, no longer wonderful, 
It's because they're buying the vote. Listen to what I'm saying. It is very simple. Occam's razor. The most reasonable answer is the simplest. They're bringing in enough people that they can be guaranteed millions of votes in the upcoming elections, therefore hold their power. So the holding on to power is their motive. The agenda to do it is bring these people across and not require any requirements. When you go into a Costco, you have to show your Costco card or you can't go in. You get on an airplane, you have to show it. You get on an Amtrak, you have to show it. All right? You drive a car, you have to show it. You, have to, you can't drive a car without a driver's license. And yet, come into our country. No ID required. No background check required. And look at all the terrorists that have been caught. Look at the cartels that are making billions of dollars in the sex slave and the drugs that are coming across. Look at the people who could be creating the next 9-11. Those are unintended consequences of this insanity. So what you're about to see is this. Two individuals going into where it all starts in South America and taking that journey right up into Texas. And they're going to tell you a story you have not heard or seen. And this will prove what we're saying. The UN is complicit. Over 150 NGOs are complicit. And that whole track clear up through the jungles, they're being groomed. And they're being given debit cards. They're being given all this information and voting Democrat in the upcoming elections. That's the motive. That's what it breaks down to. Now let's watch this film. In 2023, nearly a quarter million illegal aliens entered the United States every month. Nearly all of these illegals followed the same mass migration trail that starts in Quito, Ecuador and ends at the U.S. southern border. So, we decided to follow the trail ourselves. Along the way, we discovered secret Chinese staging hotels, crossed through the world's deadliest jungle, embedded with an illegal alien caravan, rode the Mexican train of death, and finally were kidnapped by the Gulf Cartel, just hundreds of feet from the United States border. This video will expose the entire illegal alien pipeline for what it is, a United Nations weaponized migration agenda masquerading as an organic humanitarian crisis. This agenda directly benefits cartels and human smugglers, exposes the United States to incredible geopolitical threats, and could potentially usher in permanent one-party rule. The first stop along the route is Ecuador. U.S.-bound illegal aliens from all over the world first fly into the capital city of Quito due to the country's easy entry requirements. From here, aliens begin making their way towards Colombia. In the Ecuadorian border town of Tolkien, dozens of government and non-government organizations offer aid and instructions on how to navigate the mass migration trail. This map, provided by the United Nations, shows all of the migration-related organizations in Tolkien. Aliens receive aid in the form of legal assistance, food packages, healthcare, maps, and more. Some of this aid is incredibly bizarre. The United Nations International Organization of Migration, IOM for short, hands out pamphlets detailing how to put on a condom, 
It is clear that the intent of these organizations is to direct the masses of illegal aliens to the United States. Consider this map, which shows the route from Colombia to the United States, and marks 12 U.S. border crossing points with flags. Many similar maps are distributed by other organizations. This map, distributed by the Red Cross, shows the route from Panama to the United States in painstaking detail. On the back of the map, illegal aliens are encouraged to ride on top of freight trains to reach the United States border. It's worth noting that these maps direct aliens into incredibly dangerous territory, such as the Darien Gap or cartel-controlled areas of Mexico. If this mass migration program were truly for humanitarian purposes, venturing into such territories would be discouraged. Not only are aliens risking their lives by following these instructions, but the United Nations is indirectly helping organized crime earn untold amounts of money by sending millions of people their way to be smuggled. These same criminal organizations notoriously rape women, rob innocent people, and execute their enemies. After crossing into Colombia from Ecuador, the next stop along the route is the city of Pasto. It was here that we discovered a secret staging point for Chinese illegal aliens headed to the United States. So right now we are in Colombia at the Cabanas Rio Mayo Hotel. And this hotel that we stumbled upon by accident is a major hub, a major transit point meeting place for Chinese foreign nationals that are on their way to the United States. And last night when we were here, we were eating at this hotel restaurant and we were the only uh, foreigners that were not Chinese. I mean, the, literally the entire hotel is just Chinese foreigners. Uh, we spoke with the hotel staff here and they confirmed that. And while there are some women and children, it's mostly military-aged males. There's some right behind me right now, actually. One thing to note is that among all of the foreign nationals that are entering the United States illegally, the Chinese are among the most well-funded and the most sophisticated in the way they go about getting to the United States. Whereas the Venezuelans, for example, are very poor. They just trek up to the United States on foot in mass caravans. Uh, they don't have much money. Uh, the Chinese are very well funded. They're the ones that are taking planes. This is we're right across the street from an airport right now. And they also have established networks. And this hotel that we're at is proof of that. It's all Chinese and for some reason they all know to come here. It's because they are in direct communication. People that are further up the trail or that have made it to the United States are telling people that are on their way, hey, this is a hotel that's safe for you. Uh, we also found we were staying at this hotel, you know, they're expecting Chinese. You can see a lot of the writings, a lot of the signs in this hotel are written in Chinese. Again, this is further proof that it's not by accident, it's not just some sort of one-off occasion that there's all of these Chinese nationals here at this point. This is a known hub, a known meeting place for Chinese that are in transit on their way to the United States. We spoke with a Chinese national who's staying here right now, who's going to be trekking through the Darien Gap and going up to the United States. His destination is either New York or Los Angeles, and he told us that there are definitively Chinese spies in the United States. Are the Chinese police in the United States? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you worried that the Chinese police can find you in the United States? Yeah. Yeah? I'm afraid. It is worth noting that this is not the only such hotel along the route. 
Another Chinese hotel was located in the town of Copper Ghana, on the outskirts of the Darien Gap. This hotel was secluded in the woods, away from any busy road. We were only able to snap a quick video of this hotel before the Colombian police told us to stop filming. Our last stop in Colombia was the coastal town of Nicocli. This is one of the last stops for illegal aliens before they enter the Darien Gap. All right, guys, so right now I am in Nicocli, Colombia. This is a critical staging point where illegals from all over the world converge at. They stop in Nicocli, they buy various types of equipment here, they buy camping gear, boots, knives, everything else. And there are so many illegal aliens converging on this town daily that a large portion of this town's economy has now been centered around selling these illegal aliens gear in order to uh, cross into the jungle and survive. And even right now, there's people walking around with baskets selling gear to these people. Right here. See? Chaos. La linterna. linterna. Uh, ¿Cuánto cuesta la linterna? 25. 25. Mm -hmm. ¿Y cuánto cuesta aquí? 5,000. 5,000. Mm -hmm. okay, bueno, bueno, bueno. ¿Y para el para teléfono, sí? 5,000. 5,000. Ok, bueno, bueno. And you also have various NGOs that are here as well that are just, you know, giving people basically instructions and uh, whatever other information they might need to make the journey successfully. You can see right here. So, that's Spanish, the OIM is what it says on his vest, that's Spanish for the IOM, the International Organization of Migration. That's the migration arm of the United Nations. You can see here that he was kind of trying to turn away, he didn't really want to be on camera. Oh, permission. So, that's what's going on. He's from the OIM. That's the United Nations out here, giving all sorts of aid. Um, and then you have illegal aliens from all over the world that are about to get onto boats and go into the jungle. This is what it looks like. In China? You guys from China? China. Hey, a donde vas? Hey. A donde vas? Estados Unidos, bro. Estados Unidos, bro. Que país? No, a donde? Venezuela. Venezuela. Vas a Estados Unidos. See? You from Venezuela? Venezuela? You go Amer uh, America? Yeah. After Nicocli, the next stop along the route is the Darien Gap, the lawless stretch of jungle connecting North and South America, where illegal aliens are frequently raped, robbed, or killed. The Darien Gap has three entry points Akandi, Copper Ghana, and Coreto. Unlike Akandi and Copper Ghana, which are in Colombia, Coreto is in Panama. Illegal aliens are required to pay human smugglers for a boat ride in order to access this route. The Akandi and Copper Ghana routes, often chosen by poor illegal aliens, are notorious for incidents of violence and fatalities. Treks through these routes can last up to five days and are done without much guided assistance. The Coreto route, though still dangerous, offers a shorter journey of only two days, with guides leading aliens through the jungle. This reduces the risk of criminal encounters, but the added safety and smuggling fee to get from Colombia into Panama by boat make the Coreto route more expensive. This route is preferred by wealthier, special interest aliens, such as the Chinese. Coreto itself is a primitive village, composed of simple huts, and is a community largely disconnected from the modern world. 
It serves as a landing point and staging place for illegal aliens before they enter the gap. Right now, I'm ringing out all my shit. There are a bunch of streams along the Darien Gap, and they're pretty unavoidable. And the reason you gotta do this is because if you keep your shit wet and you keep walking around in it, you can get trench foot and die. this and this just shows you how if you're underprepared in your footwear like we are I mean we're wearing $200 hiking boots right now but this is not the proper foot attire for this type of terrain and so our feet are absolutely drenched right now totally <clears throat> soaked with water and mud and this is how you get trench foot and your feet basically just start falling apart. And uh, anyway, it just goes to show, people come into this jungle, they don't realize what they're getting themselves into. And then before you know it, you know, they're two days in, three days in, four days in, their feet start falling apart. They can't make it out and nobody's gonna save them. And they die in their tent.
Okay, so we're like seven hours into the hike so far, and it's very clear how people drop dead on this hike. Right now, we're even taking the easier route from Coreto. If you're taking one of the harder routes from Akandi or Copper Gana, which is like four or five days to get through the jungle, it's so crystal clear how people are just dropping dead left and right. There's mud, there's people backed up. If you get a waterborne illness, if you hurt yourself somehow, there's actually zero way that you're gonna get out of this jungle unless you could somehow pull yourself out, which is just not gonna happen. And then add to that danger, people attacking you, uh, criminals on the route. We've already seen very sketchy people walking by with you know, machetes, we saw a guy with a rifle, people coming up to us asking us about our bags. Extremely dangerous. Children walking by crying, like right here. Um, this is the Trail of Tears. And so, again, we're only seven hours in, people are still fresh. Imagine if you're 17 hours in or 27 hours in, people just start dropping. So that's it, we're gonna keep going. We got a few hours left in the day, and then we're gonna call it. We're inside the Darien Gap. This is day number two. We're just filtering out some water here. Uh, last night was absolutely disgusting. We stayed in a jungle slum, which was just trash and and piss. Uh, the most disgusting place you can imagine. With little five by five clearings where people posted up tents uh, so they could just take refuge from the most putrid odors of human excrement and rotting waste. Um, here we are. Just trying to get enough water to last the day. Um, we're trying to keep this filter on the DL because people walking by us are desperate. They don't have any water of their own. We got people walking up to us asking if they have any water. Uh, I can't sit here and pump water all day for people, so I'm handing them water pills. But there's people right here walking. Hey, amigo. Hey, que país? What country? What country? India. 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 You go America? You yes. Going? Yes. Okay, good luck. So there you go. We're in the Darien Gap, day number two. Um, just trying to stay alive. Why do you like Joe Biden? Joe Biden is a nice guy. You see, he opened the border for all the countries. Yeah. That's, oh, so they like you like him because of, he opened yeah, the border? because you see there is a poor country around America, so they're just coming to visit and yeah. for their job. Okay. <clears throat> We're inside the Darien Gap. It's day two. We're about six or seven hours in on the day. Right now it's pouring rain. Uh, we've been filming. And the guides here, the Embra Indian guides, do not like that I have my camera. We're getting some really unfriendly looks from them. We just started getting them now. Uh, they've been a little bit suspicious of us all day, but now they saw me take out my camera and I don't think they like it very much. So um, we're just gonna have to hope for the best. They were telling me that, hey, you. That's one of the guides right there actually.
we just got to be careful because these guys do carry weapons on them they do carry pistols in their bags and if they want to do something i mean if they want to rob me or take my camera or do something worse they could do it with no consequences so this is where we're at the darien gap jungle the lawless stretch of land connecting north and south america <clears throat> and it's probably about three hours until we reach the next camp After illegal aliens exit the Darien Gap and enter Panama, they are transported out of the jungle by Paragua boats and buses and moved into Panamanian refugee camps. Amigos, what country? No, 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 no. 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 What country? No. no, no. Why? What country? No, no, no. You're from Syria? No. no. Syria. What country are you guys from? Hey, well, why is it a big secret? What's the problem? No. Why not? No. Whoa, what's the problem? No. You guys from Syria? You guys okay? It is here that illegal aliens are processed and given the aid and instructions necessary to continue their journey to the United States. So-called migration route maps can be found everywhere. The same UN-affiliated organizations seen earlier along the route also have a presence inside these Panamanian camps. A few on the scene include OIM, Red Cross, UNICEF, HIAS, European Union, Doctors Without Borders, UNHCR, and the Norwegian Refugee Council. From these camps, illegals are put onto buses and shuttled northward to Costa Rica. From here, illegals ride buses across Nicaragua, Honduras, and Guatemala until they reach the border of Mexico. We travel to the Guatemalan border town of Tecunumán, where human smugglers, most likely affiliated with the Sinaloa cartel, charged us $125 each to be smuggled into Mexico. After crossing into Mexico, we embedded with a massive illegal alien caravan and headed towards Mexico City. The caravan was highly organized. Leaders in the front carried a large banner and a crucifix that read, Contención es mi muerte, containment is my death, a propaganda message implying that not allowing open borders will result in their deaths. The group responsible for organizing this caravan, and many others like it, is Pueblo Sin Fronteras, People Without Borders. The group has released anti-American statements, such as one on November 26th, 2018, which said that the United States systematically deprives asylum seekers of their liberty, separates families, and often deports people to their death. Ironically, one of the leaders of Pueblo Sin Fronteras is Irenio Mujica, a United States citizen. The group has also received the support of radical left extremists who have helped fundraise for the organization. 
So this morning we left Palomares, Mexico, and we're walking towards San Martin with a massive caravan behind us. There's about 2,000 people in this group, and uh, we've been walking for about four hours. We have at least that much more time before we get to the destination. Okay, país eres tú? Salvador, Honduras! Biden por todos? Sí. No, pero por, ¿por qué los migrantes le gusta Biden? Porque Biden apoya, ¿Por qué él apoya a los inmigrantes. Es, es un mejor presidente de Trump. Tu opinión de Trump. Trump no sirve. Trump no quiere a los inmigrantes. Oh, okay. Trump es un inmigrante y desecha inmigrantes. En tu opinión, presidente Biden uh, ayuda a migrantes mucho o no? Sí. So, so, en tu opinión, tu opinión de Biden es buen, bueno o no bueno? Los los migrantes de Venezuela y otros países te gusta presidente Biden o? Sí. Okay. En tu opinión, tu opinión de presidente Trump. No. No. No quiere los migrantes. No nos quiere. No. No te gusta Trump. No. No quiere los migrantes. No. Ah. Y okay, okay. Y la elección en 2024 es posible Biden y Trump. Sí. Van a ser dos complicantes sobre ellos, pero Biden va para adelante otra vez. Tiene que ganarla porque ha ayudado mucho y Dios tiene que bendecirlo. Ajá. So, todos los migrantes, ¿cómo se dice? ¿Cómo todos los migrantes apoyen al presidente Biden en la elección? Sí. After Mexico City, we traveled to Iroquato. It is here that the NGO Amigos del Tren distributes train route maps and aids illegal aliens in riding the train of death, also known as the Beast Train. At around 1 a.m., Conductors intentionally stop the train about one mile from the NGO, and cartel members assist in the boarding process. Okay, so we're sitting right now at the side of the train tracks. A couple more hours we'll be on the train, and I am coming down with something nasty. I've been feeling pretty sick for the last 24, 48 hours ish, and now it's just starting to hit me like a ton of bricks, but we're gonna push through. Uh, all around us, we have uh, illegal aliens who are gonna get on the train with us. Hey, que país, amigo? Guatemala. Guatemala. Sí. Y Guatemala. Guatemala. Colombia. 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 See, there's more people showing up here. <clears throat> anyway, that's the situation out here, so another hour or two, we're on the train, and we're going north. <laughs> 
Better get on. Oh my god. That was so fucking scary. Migrantes prefiere Presidente Biden o Presidente Trump? Biden. Personas no no le gusta Presidente Trump. No. Biden. Biden. ¿Por qué por qué por qué Biden y no Trump? Porque Trump es malo. Porque Trump no quiere emigrar. Es como Maduro. Trump es como Maduro. Okay, so right now we're standing outside the train of death. 
We are just on the outskirts of the city of Lyon, and what's happened is our train has broken down. We're all standing outside of the train now. Something apparently happened to the conductor, and we have no idea if we're going to be stuck here for an hour or 10 hours or a day or multiple days. So we're going to start walking, and this territory is controlled by criminal elements, and we're not too sure what's going to happen. We start walking here, but we're making the executive call to just go for it. After we made it to the city of Lyon, we took a bus to the border town of Matamoros and then took a taxi to Playa Baghdad. It was here that we began the final part of our journey, crossing into the United States. Okay, so right now we are at Playa Baghdad. This is south of Boca del Rio Bravo, which is gonna be the place from which we attempt to cross into the United States. Uh, you can see the weather today is absolutely nasty. It's been storming and raining out, so we just gotta hope that we don't run into some sort of rip current or lose our bags in the process here. We're gonna be walking a few miles, maybe more, down this beach in order to get there, and hopefully we don't get picked up by human smugglers along the way. As you know, Anthony uh, and Josh's brother from muckraker.com got kidnapped yesterday. They were stopped by members of the Mexican drug cartel because in this area of the U.S.-Mexico border, it's the cartel who rules, not America. Earlier this week, the, you were kidnapped, I understand, at gunpoint by the Gulf cartel. Uh, you and I believe your brother, correct, were allegedly bounded, blindfolded, and forced to sit on your knees. This all happened by the Rio Grande. At one point, you were kidnapped. Correct. You were taken hostage. You were blindfolded. Yep. Tell us about that event. That must have scared the out of you. A few weeks ago, you got kidnapped on your way back up to Texas. That's correct. So, you know, after riding the so-called beast train and abetting with a massive caravan of these people, uh, we were going to cross into the United States. The area that we decided to cross, though, um, is right across the river from Boca Chica, Texas. And that's where Elon Musk's SpaceX is. And there were numerous reasons why we chose uh, chose that location. I mean, we could have crossed in, in countless other areas for sure, but we chose that location, number one, because that would be incredible if we could show that right across from this critical spaceport, you could just cross right into the United States. And then we also figured, okay, we're walking up a public Mexican beach. You know, Elon Musk's SpaceX is right there. Surely if there's any point that we were just going to walk across, this seems like it would be a relatively safe spot. Uh, completely incorrect, actually. So we start walking up this beach. It's called Playa Baghdad. That's basically the last road that you can stop at before you have to just walk up coastline all the way up to the Rio Grande, where that spits out to the Gulf of Mexico. We are walking up this beach, we being my brother Joshua Rubin and I, as we're walking up this beach, a truck stops us. And they basically say, hey, listen, get in the truck right now, okay? We're gonna take you back to where you came from, we're gonna forget this ever happened, and you're gonna go on your merry way. In hindsight, that was my warning. I should have gotten in the truck and done it, but for numerous reasons, I was not gonna do that, of course. Number one, it's just safety. I'm not just gonna get in your truck. Number two was I have to complete the mission. Basically, I said, no, I'm not getting in your truck. I don't know who you are, and you know, I have to get I have to get to the, the river. I just told him I was a photographer trying to take photos, right? They call up some supposed buddy of theirs who's down there by the river, and they say, hey, listen, I call my buddy. You now have to get in the truck with us. There's no choice, um, because if you walk down there by yourself, it's gonna be trouble for you. At this point, I really got no choice. We get in the car, we start driving north. Again, now we're headed towards the United States. Now at this point, we're 
literally a couple hundred feet from the U.S. border. This man that they had called on the phone gets in the car, and as soon as this guy got in the car and I could see who he was, I was like, oh, this is not a guy I want to be with. Like, this is getting, <laughs> this is getting bad. Like, yeah. The situation is solely not in my control. They whip the car around. They start driving down south. This man who got in the car gets on the phone with the woman. They start rambling in Spanish. I don't really know what they're saying. Puts me on the phone with her, and the lady says, listen, I don't know, like, what you're doing, but um, you're supposed to pay $500 to cross in this area. I didn't say I was trying to cross. They just inferred that. And she says, it should matter, like, bluntly. She wasn't, like, trying to tell me I was going to be a kid. Just bluntly. She's like, you're in the hands of the cartel. Uh, you didn't pay them, so and, and now you are being taken by them. You're going to be handed off to a group of armed men. As we're driving inland, something interesting happens. I'm actually filming them secretly on my phone. Had they caught me doing that, I, I could have been, been killed. We drive about 10 minutes inland. We unpack our bags. And they, they see our camera gear, and they see the drone, and they start flipping out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they start yeah. bugging. They're like, what is going on here? Um, then they start searching through all of our, all of our data. They search through my phone and I'm worried this whole time. Like they're going to find that video of me, that I took of them and they're going to, they're, I don't even know what they're going to do, but I guess I don't, I just don't think he saw it. They put us underneath, take hostage type photos. They accuse us of being intelligence or military guys. They're checking us for wires, yeah. going through every bit of our bag. Another truck now has pulled up with four more armed men. They took my brother. They got him pinned up against the truck. And, um, you know, I'm thinking this, this, if these people think that we're somehow intelligence guys or, you know. Military, I mean, we could have a bullet put on our head straight up. And at one point, one of these men points to my drone and holds a pistol to his head. I'm taking this as a death threat. They end up tying up our hands. They throw a blindfold on me. They didn't have one for my brother, so they just pull the hood over his head of this jacket that he was wearing, throw us in the back of the truck, and basically say, you know, like, you're now we're, you're part of an investigation. We're going to see El Jefe. I'm like, you know, how much money do you guys want? You know, what do you want? We'll go to ATM right now, we'll pull it out, and they, they won't have it. They're like, no. They're like, we're going to see the boss, El Jefe. I don't know where we're going. I'm blindfolded. My brother's got his head down with a hood over his head. As we're driving throughout Mexico, they're deeper into Mexico. They're making stops. People walking up to the truck, whispering about us, saying, you know, intelligentsia or, or, or military. You know, they're, they're, they're smoking pot in the car. They're making more stops, driving down dirt roads. And as we're doing this, I'm actually whispering to my brother. I'm like, man, if you can, start loosening up your hand straps because I don't know if we're just going to have one opportunity to make a go at it before they execute us. I mean, I, you know, I had no idea what was going to happen. And then eventually... After driving all down all these dirt roads, the doors open up and the, the blindfold comes off and uh, they tell us to get out of the car. We're in the middle of an abandoned field. I mean, literally, I thought they, they might kill us right here, but that's not what happened. They, they took all of our electronic gear. They laid it out in front of us. Uh, they, they pull out a crowbar. They smash all of our gear to little bits and pieces. I mean, they were literally bits and pieces on the ground and they smashed the bits and pieces. And... Um, they, and then that was it. And then they, they loaded us into a truck and they dropped us off at the port of entry. Basically tell us not to come back ever again. The United States is in a state of undeclared war. The United Nations and associated organizations are actively working to dissolve the American Republic through an industrial scale weaponized migration program. Narco-terrorist cartel organizations control the entire U.S. southern border. And every day, Thousands of unknown military-aged men from around the world infiltrate America. At this point, there are undoubtedly terrorists, saboteurs, spies, and other nefarious actors embedded in America, with many more on the way. There is also an ever-increasing threat of the establishment of a permanent one-party state. As you have just seen, the majority of these illegals support the Biden regime. The harsh reality of this invasion can no longer be ignored, and its effects will only grow worse over the years to come. Schools, which once served to educate the next generation of Americans, now serve as illegal alien shelters. Every night, 
thousands of veterans sleep homeless in the streets, while illegal aliens, who have contributed nothing to America, sleep in hotel rooms for free. Major American cities are watering down the votes of law-abiding, tax-paying citizens by granting suffrage to illegal aliens. This new voter base has already shown blatant disrespect for the laws of the United States by entering the country illegally. In some states, illegals will begin policing American citizens, and some members of Congress have openly suggested the idea of having illegals serve in the military in exchange for citizenship. Hard-hitting? Yes. Honest? Yes. Information that has not been shown in Congress? Yes. Anything about this in the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, Rachel Maddow? No. And you won't see it. Because they'd rather put out the message that if you challenge immigration, somehow you're, you, you know, you're a racist. No. No, just look at the streets of San Francisco, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, New York City, and St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Baltimore. This is just the beginning. There are going to be millions and millions more coming across. And unfortunately, for the legitimate people coming, it is a form of abuse to them. For those coming who have other agendas and not good ones, it is a benefit to them and a detriment to the citizens of the United States who become victims. And everybody in Washington, like Pontius Pilate, will wash their hands and say, not me, I'm not responsible. That's the way it's going to be, unless we say no. Thank you all for watching, and have a nice day.